Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Hey, everybody, I'm Rachel Bonetta. And I'm Rechna Frickbaum, and this is Hall of Shame. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm okay. I mean, look, everything's upside down, so it makes perfect sense that the Browns are four and one. You know? <laughs> wow. Listen, by the time <laughs> this podcast comes out, we might be five and one, baby. Yeah. Or the NFL is canceled. Who can or know? just completely <laughs> shut down. Because who they're not know? the NBA. Oh, boy. Hey, shout out to NBA for getting the job done. I think we'll Uh, be a week removed from the NBA finals and the Lakers winning by the time this comes out. But they did an excellente job. Oh, my God. Putting on the bubble, making sure everyone was safe. So kudos to you, Adam Silver, and the whole NBA. Yeah, every single person involved. So impressive. And then to give us, like, this, like, ray of sunshine in the dark time, which was the NBA playoffs. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of a ray of sunshine in a dark time, oh. that is not what I have for you today. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I actually have the opposite. I have a crazy. I know I come on this podcast and I say that every single time. Sure. It's my turn. That's but your thing. This story, you guys, has got to be one of the, if not the, wildest stories that we have covered on this podcast. As you remember, Rechna, this is, I believe this is a story that we actually auditioned with. Yeah. Like, is this like I tested to see if you would have me (laughs) as your co-host? I mean, the writing was on the wall. It was a yes from the moment that you walked in and I saw your sneakers. Um, but <laughs> and I said, "Go Browns!" You're in. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god, let's be miserable <laughs> together." But no, we've kind of been keeping this one in our back pocket. We wanted to wait until Ooh, the football season happens, and you know, we we've been holding on to it. And I think now is a great time to finally tell you about one of the most elaborate, over the top, wild sting operations in ah, sports, and possibly. I love this. Maybe the biggest, most wild sting operation in American history. Rachel's not wrong. This one is bonkers. It's insane. Yes. We are going to touch on issues such as police reform and criminal justice that are obviously extremely relevant right now uh, yes. and have been on the forefront of culture and politics this entire in year. Our minds. In our minds. And it is not really left. But the need for a substantial reform within law enforcement isn't just an issue today. It is a systemic problem that's been largely unaddressed throughout American history. And today's story is kind of the perfect example of that. So sure. It's going to be crazy. Love a wild, crazy story that also lets us get into some issues. And then we're going to talk about some issues. Perfect. Okay. So front and center in this story is the Washington football team, formerly known as the Washington Okay? Uh, if you didn't know, the Washington 
finally changed their name this summer after they were put under pressure by the public for having a racist name. Sure. Should have done it a long, Should've long time ago. Should have done it a long time ago. So I'm not really going <laughs> to even give you kudos because it's a little bit bullshit that yeah. it took this. It's a lot bullshit that little, it took this long. Way too late. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to go ahead and call them by their new name because no one has time for the old one. Okay? Okay. Yeah. So for our story today, we're going back to 1985 in Washington, D.C. Things to know about this time and about the Washington football team, they were really good. Like – they were really good. really good. All they did was win. Hail to the <laughs> Braves on the warpath. Victory for old D.C. They were NFC champs in 82. They went on to win the Super Bowl that year. NFC champs in 1983 and 84. They were so popular at the time that there was a wait for season seats that was 24 years long. So people were probably like putting their newborn babies on this list. And then by the time that baby grew up, they sucked again, which is very funny to me. Yeah. But anyways, the team was extremely popular. Tickets were such a hot commod. Uh, It was impossible to get your hands on a pair, and even if you could, it was unaffordable for most people. So the only way, really, for people to get to see their favorite team play is if they got tickets in a more unconventional way. There was this TV station in Washington called Flagship International Sports Television that wanted to celebrate all things Washington football. So they decided to host this massive event exclusively for fans. And oh my God, listen to this, you guys. Anyone attending got to go to the Washington Cincinnati Bengals game that afternoon, which nowadays sounds like hot garbage. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. But then, like, if I was in Washington... Although Bengals are great this year, right? Okay. Joe Burrow is. But if I, if I if it was back then, I would cut off my left foot for one of these tickets. So you got a free ticket sure. that afternoon. Everyone attending also got automatically entered into a lottery. The prizes uh. were an all-expenses-paid trip to the Super Bowl in New Orleans and the creme de la creme, two season seats for the following season for the Washington football team. Shit. For which there was a 24-year wait list. Big big deal like these prizes i would punch rechna in the face if we were running to the doors and it was one or the other that's how <laughs> intense this was you would punch me in the face for so back. much less I take it back. <laughs> it's okay they sent out invites to over three thousand people for them and their plus one to attend a brunch okay. at the washington convention center on sunday december 15th at 9 30 a.m Okay. Come December 15th, 1985. Is that a little early for brunch, just to say it? Like, I, when I think of brunch, I think more of like mm. in 10, 30, 11. I agree with you on the brunch uh, <laughs> scene, but I do, like, they're probably thinking seems like, like straight up breakfast. Oh, we got to get these guys out on the bus by like 1 p.m. to hit up the sure. Bengals watching the game. Makes Let's sense. Have them here. We'll eat breakfast. Yeah. We'll drink mimosas. Look, I've learned that everyone's, like, idea of brunch is really different. I am on early break. I can't wait until 11. I've been doing this intermittent fasting what? where I don't eat till, like, 12. I would – I eat for this, like, smaller window. Be a miserable person. Do you not just want to, like, eat candy and chips and pizza by the time noon rolls around, or am I just a full child? <laughs> no. I mean, like, on the regular, I order Postmates, like, Taco Bell. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> so, anyway. 
I digress. That has nothing to do with this no, story. So come December 15th at 9.30 in the morning, which is too early for Rajna, almost <laughs> 200... I've been up for three hours, by the way, but 9.30. <laughs> I have kids. Almost 200 people show up to this soiree, which I think actually is a lot out of the 3,000 people that were invited. If Listen to this. Like, if you got a random invite in the mail promising you the world as a football fan... Yeah. The hardest tickets to get in... Washington at the time, right? In D.C. I don't think that I would go. I think I'd be like, this is so sus. Like, there was this... I don't trust this. Exactly. There was this one time... You know how you get, like... I don't even know if this is a a normal thing, but there was one time that we used to get, like, scratchers in the mail for, like, Uh oh, you can win this big prize, or, like, you can win a cruise, or whatever. It was just, like, an advertisement thing. Yeah, I don't trust it. And I got one as a kid, and I remember my dad was just like, you can scratch it. Like, let's see if we won anything. And we won. Like, we won. It was just like, you win. Call this number to claim your prize. And it was like, it was (laughs) all these crazy prizes. You can win a car. You can do and I'm losing my shit. I'm like, oh my God, our, our family's going to Hawaii. Like, what did I just win us? <laughs> and they called us, or we I, we called them, and they were like, okay, we will drop off the prize tonight at your house. Girl, it was a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> also, I thought you were going to say, okay, cool. So just give us your credit card number, <laughs> and then we'll get it <laughs> I'm sure. And we lived out in the middle of nowhere, too. So the person that had to yeah. come and give us a vacuum cleaner is probably like, I hate my job. Yeah. <laughs> And then I show up and I'm like, it's a vac, it's only a vacuum cleaner. Anyways. Also, like, would not throw a free vacuum cleaner out of bed, to be honest. Okay, okay. True. But as like a 10-year-old, I was like, this is garbage. No. This is garbage. You thought you were going to Maui. (laughs) (laughs) So the people that did show up, the 200 people that showed up, they were like, oh my God, it's real. The Washington Convention Center was completely decked out. Okay. The coolest brunch party y'all have ever seen. There was a grand marshal there to welcome them all in. He was wearing a top hat and a tuxedo. Like <laughs> He's the Monopoly man. He, the Monopoly <laughs> man was there. They made it very fancy and very exciting for everyone. So all the sure. guests are arriving. They're checking in with their IDs at the registration table. So they're feeling like... Oh, my God. They're feeling like Cinderella at the ball. I was a little suspicious, but I'm glad I came. That's why you say yes and not no. Okay. Uh, And everyone was just like in awe. It was amazing. All the Washington cheerleaders were there. Hello. Wow. The mascot wearing a racist headdress was unfortunately hanging out too. Goodbye. (laughs) Music. Classic 85. Music was blaring. They had all the highlights from the 82 Super Bowl on a projection screen just playing on a loop. So it's like feeling legit. Oh, it was a Washington football fan's dream. Yeah. So people were arriving, getting amped. And since there were so many people there and they were all kind of coming in at once, they were being ushered into the big hall in groups so that they everyone could like eat their brunch. And every sure. room that they get taken to is just nicer than the next. Love it. So they're brunching. They're having a great time. They're taking in this unbelievable party. The Grand Marshal gets up to give a little speech. He like – you know, clinks his glass. He goes, they're like, oh man, he's going to introduce who won the season ticket. Yes. It's it's like the excitement is palpable. So he talks about the day, the game that's coming up and just their overall love and appreciation for the Washington football team. And then he says, today is your lucky day. I've got a big surprise for you. And Reshna, I'm going to tell you about that surprise after the break. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. 
Hall of Shame is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Businesses have had to be flexible this year, from working remotely to pivoting their business models for long-term survival and growth. Like restaurants are moving their dining outdoors and adding takeout and catering. Some consumer packaged goods companies have shifted to focus more on surface cleaners or personal hygiene products. If you're in charge of hiring for your business, these pivots have made your job even more challenging, especially if you have to hire for brand new roles. Thankfully, there is one place that you can always count on to make hiring faster and easier. ZipRecruiter.com slash shame. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job boards with one click. Then ZipRecruiter's powerful technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com shame. That's ZipRecruiter.com S-H-A-M-E. Let ZipRecruiter take hiring off your plate so you can focus on growing your business. Go to ZipRecruiter.com shame. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Blinkist. Okay, guys, let me tell you about, I would call it the most useful app on my phone. And I got a lot of apps on my phone. So that's saying something. I feel like it's hard to find the time to sit down to read and learn more. I am always on my phone. I'm scrolling through Twitter. I'm reading a ton of like mini little tweets. But if you throw me a book, I'm like, wow, this is going to take forever. (laughs) When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. So Blinkist is really unique. It works on your phone or your tablet or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders and Rechna and I are well known for reading a lot of books. Okay, that second part isn't true. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly. So you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. Because we're all doing a lot of that in quarantine, right? Right, you guys? 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but never had time. I am back at work now, so I love to use Blinkist when I'm in the car, stuck in traffic, going nuts. It calms me, and I'm learning while I'm driving. It's great. Popular books on Blinkist, there's Upheaval, Turning Points for Nations in Crisis, Sea Stories, My Life in Special Operations, The Four-Hour Workweek, 15 Secrets Successful People Know About Time Management, huh? I bet you downloading Blinkist is in there. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist does a special offer for just our audience. Go to Blinkist.com shame to try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com shame to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com shame. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. 
The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Okay, so Washington football team, super extraordinary brunch. Uh, the Grand Marshal is up on the stage. He's about to like probably give away season seats. I don't know. He gets up. He says, today is your lucky day. I've got a big surprise for you. Oh, man. They like think like the star quarterback's going to show up. Who knows? Maybe. It's incredible so far. Exciting. All of a sudden, the cheerleaders are pulling guns out of their skirts. The <gasps> mascot throws off his racist headdress and starts pulling guns out of his costume and pointing them at the fans in the room who have got to be wondering, like, am I still oh my getting gosh. my breakfast? <laughs> What's going on? Are the season tickets in the guns? <laughs> Are you actually just going to shoot confetti? Yeah. Chaos. Is that a t-shirt gun? Or the, it looks like a rifle, but I don't know. The Grand Marshal, who is actually a U.S. Marshal, announces, you're all under arrest. Put your hands on top of your heads. So what the actual F-U-C-K? The 3,000 people invited to the brunch, Rechna, weren't just Washington football fans. They were actually all wanted fugitives in the Washington, D.C. area. It turns out the entire party was a ruse crafted by the U.S. federal marshals in conjunction with D.C. police to capture fugitives that were wanted by federal and local law enforcement agencies. This seems not legal. (laughs) We'll get to that. Okay. Over a hundred law enforcement officials went undercover and threw essentially a gigantic party. And this wasn't just a hastily planned sting. They had spent over six weeks carefully planning and executing this operation. An operation they dubbed Operation Flagship. Reshna, they poured so <laughs> many resources into this. There were probably a hundred people involved in the operation. Some worked the dais, some were the cheerleaders the maintenance crew, the Washington Red and the San Diego Chicken. Everybody there was a cop. They flew in deputies from out of state. They had three full dress rehearsals as if- Were these all like the serial killers in the world? Like what's happening? <sighs> no, no. They, they spent money on costumes, invites, the list goes on. They ended the day with 101 fugitives arrested. Among those arrested, this is the rap sheet, Included 15 warrants for assault, five for robbery, six for burglary, four for escape, 19 for bond default or bail violation, 18 for narcotics violations, 59 for probation or parole violation, and 41 for a variety of charges from rape to arson to forgery. So let me just like back that up because to me it's like one thing if everything was – first of all, calling – Somebody who had defaulted on a bail bond is not a fugitive. (laughs) There's a wide difference between a rapist and someone who couldn't afford bail. So clearly the the severity of the crimes were vast. They grouped dudes wanted for bail violation in with the men wanted for rape. So clearly two very different crimes, like we were just (sighs) saying, that warrant very different responses, you guys. They were all thrown on yellow buses they thought were going to take them to the game afterwards and instead took them straight to jail. Some guys were so in shock, they were still asking if they were going to the game. That's insane. So hold on. 
couple things to break down. I'm sure you have questions. So the group that executed this sting. We'd like to welcome you to the flagship international sports television and Arnold celebration. Was the fugitive investigative strike team, AKA FIST. We were trying to come up with the name of who we were. Uh, flagship international sports television. Uh, I think it should be understood that that is an acronym for FIST. The term FIST, Fugitive Investigative Strike Team, was um, the name coined for operations that the United States Marshal Service ran around the country. In efforts they were a team within the U.S. Federal Marshal Agency and were established in 1980 to specifically arrest a large number of fugitives all at once. So, like, sting operations were their jam. They were created because of growing crime rates, which was only made worse by Ronald Reagan's tough-on-crime policies. Different pod, but that should be noted. These guys were... I don't even want to say creative because that's giving them too much. But they were, they really came up with a lot of crazy shit for this. So get this. Flagship International Sports Television, a.k.a. FIST as well, were the ones who sent out the invitations. Those invitations were signed by I. Michael Detnaw, initials being I.M. Detnaw spelled backwards is wanted. I am wanted. Oh, my the God. The fugitives RSVP'd to a Mr. Cran. Cran spelled backwards is narc. When they got to the event, the guests had to check in at a reception desk with their ID. They wanted to make sure they had the right guys there. And these guys honestly thought of everything. Like I said earlier, they flew in police officers from different districts and even states just so the fugitives wouldn't recognize anyone they were maybe arrested by in the past. The marshals also were worried the fugitives would recognize each other. Uh, and that's why they had so many distractions. They had the cheerleaders. They had the racist mascot. They had music. Highlights. Feels like it could be cheaper just to like arrest people normally <sighs> or have a search warrant or I don't know. So, I don't know the law, <laughs> but like this feels more elaborate for no reason. So one fugitive actually said while being arrested, you could have just come to my house. They know where I live. And you just made that point. They sent the invite. They sent out the invitations. It's bonkers. It's like they were just like. We got power and we're going to make a spectacle because it's exciting. I'm sorry, but if you know the address of a rapist, can you please come and get that person now yeah. instead of planning a little party around it? Sure. Maybe like just arrest the nine rapists and don't worry about someone who's like smoked a little pot. Maybe like those two things should feel different. NFL Films did a mini documentary on this entitled How Free Washington Football Team Tickets Led to the Most Amazing Surprise in NFL History. Hmm. While I was watching hmm. this, I couldn't help but notice the amount of people of color who were being arrested. In fact, it sure. was mostly black men. And they were, they were throwing guess? them down on the ground and slapping handcuffs on them. And it was violent and I turned it off. I understand. I, I get that these police officers probably caught some super gnarly dudes within that group of 101 people. Yeah, it sounds like the number of gnarly dudes in that group was a small percentage. So the way that the way that they went about this just feels gross to me. They intentionally yeah. grouped together rapists with men who had simple nonviolent crimes such as bail or parole violations. That alone is just so indicative of this like cop mentality the crimes are crimes you're the bad guy i'm the good guy they lack they lack uh, nuance at one point one of the detectives said were the police were allowed to lie the guys would say hey you tricked me you can't do this you're the police and we just said we're allowed to lie well sure that should be their motto so this was the 80s okay 
it's important to remember this is the the 80s. Like in this doc that I had watched, they they had fun. They were like walking down the hallway in slow motion, looking like cool as shit. They even talk about how it felt like they were in a movie. I remember this big biker guy throwing his arms. He said, baby, today's my lucky day. And I said, baby, who doesn't know that? <laughs> it is going to be your lucky day. <laughs> when you do pull it off, you're like, wow, we were part of this thing. It was pretty cool, man. Yeah, they're probably like just imagining themselves as the hero of, you know, the protagonist of some like lethal weapon type movie or something. Right? That's what I was thinking. This was probably the highlight of their career. They like tell all of their buddies about it. So the operation cost $22,100. So today that's about 53000 and led to a total of 144 arrests. Apparently back then this was a really big money saver, but I don't, I can't see how. Hmm. I can't see how. Pro I think that sting operations are probably inherently money savers, um, but what they put into this just seems like a waste of resources. And time. So back to Regan's war on drugs. It's the 80s. We can't ignore that. It was in full force. A war that disproportionately affected people of color and was rooted in classism and racism. Yes. So I pulled this stat. Not, not usually a stat girl, but I pulled this stat from humanrightswatch.org. In every year from 1980 to 2007, black people are arrested nationwide on drug charges at rates relative to the population that were 2.8 to 5.5 times higher than white arrest rates. Nuts. And unfortunately, oh, I mean, we know this, that it's still happening. State by state from 2006 – shows that black people are arrested for drug offenses at rates in individual states that were 2 to 11.3 times greater than the rate for whites. That's crazy. It's infuriating. It's infuriating. I just, I'm so annoyed because they probably are like, we're so smart and clever and look at us. And I just feel like the, the kudos they must have given themselves infuriates me. Oh, people probably got like promotions through this. Yeah. They were probably already like, we can sell this to Hollywood. Like, I'm sure they were like already thinking. It. Oh, somebody wrote the script. Somebody wrote the pitch. Oh. Practice it For in sure. the mirror. Yeah. So as I was writing this, Rechna, mm -hmm. the cop that murdered George Floyd was released from prison on a $1 million bond. And that, like, li I literally sat back and stopped typing and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Ugh. And they let him go to, like, a new state for safety or something? I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that the guy who was arrested for bail violation won't be able to afford his bail and will be stuck in jail until he can figure out a plan. Meanwhile, yeah, this, this dude. douche nut, not even going to say his yeah, name. Yeah, I'm sure people, like, pulled together money to whatever. Yeah. So can't. this story is really just an example of the toxicity of cop culture. We glorify the cops. We villainize the people. We label them as sure. criminals, throw them in jail, and perpetuate a system that clearly is not designed to serve justice. Well put, girl. Yeah. it's This is a tough one for me because, like, on one hand, it's sort of this, like, fun, wild story. But really, underneath it, the underbelly of it, it's just the ugly stuff we've all been, like, learning about and unlearning about and facing. But I think that that's what's so important is that we face these things. I think yeah. that there was so many people, like, learning and relearning and all this stuff this summer. And I, I feel like even the difference in the way that I'm framing it in my brain from when, like, I heard a version of it long before – this summer? Well, yeah, because I, I think that before the summer, we like listened to the story and we're like, oh my God, this is just like 
fireworks, fireworks, crazy, crazy. Yeah. It felt a little more like Argo or something. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, man. that And we, we had a sense. We're like, that's ugly. But like now it's really driving home stuff that we're starting to really just like learn about more and more. I wish it wasn't happening so late. Yeah. I think we've all started looking at things through a different lens. So if if this story made you pissed off, great. Channel that energy. Criminal justice reform is on the ballot sure. in November. Please make a plan to vote. If you are voting by mail, we recommend that you get your ballot back tomorrow, Tuesday, October 20th, so it makes it back with plenty of time to be counted. Check your state deadlines for when you must have your ballot postmarked and delivered by at votesaveamerica.com slash states. Thanks for sharing, girl. Ugh. Yeah, a doos. You know, usually we have really uplifting stories, but, um, you know, we got to get through this next little while and then. Yeah, hopefully we, we will have some optimism. Um, feel joy. November. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Hall of Shame is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our executive producers are Sarah Geismer and me, Rachel Bonetta. And me, Rechna Fripbaum. Editing and sound design by Kyle Seglin. Brian Semmel is our associate producer. And Allison Falzetta is our development producer. Our theme music is by Taka Yasuzawa. Thank you to Sydney Rapp for production support every week. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix.